What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. 104.3 My FM. Santa Clarita. Torrance. West Covina. Newport Beach. This is My LA. My LA. It's My LA. It's our public affairs show on 104.3 My FM and also heard on iHeartRadio, our show that puts a spotlight on nonprofits and charitable organizations and also on folks giving back, including longtime firefighter and paramedic, now fire captain, paramedic Tony Wren. And the company he has started on the side to teach. He can come to you. Got about 10 people who want to get certified in CPR training, how to help someone if they were choking or if they go into a diabetic shock, how to render first aid, how to work a defibrillator, or how to handle a variety of potential emergency situations that Tony and his job deals with on a daily basis. The calls that go to 911. What if you're their first, God forbid, in a potentially life-saving situation? Could you could you do it? Tony, maybe walk through how your classes work and how long it takes. Basically, I come in and I can, you know, it's kind of like a menu. You can choose. Do you want just to learn CPR with you and your group or your company? Do you want CPR and first aid? Do you want to also be trained in defibrillators? The use of an AED? And I can come in and I will, I, I have an outline already. Everything's American Heart Guidelines. Uh, it's all standardized, uh, OSHA approved. And I come in and I teach mostly lecture. We do skills. And we do hands-on procedures like um, bandaging, splinting, uh, triangular bandages for soft tissue injuries. We talk about the use of tourniquets, signs and symptoms of chest pain, diabetic emergencies, burns. Oh, um, God, so much stuff injuries. not even thinking about. So much there's stuff. Tons of stuff. And then I actually go over the actual the proper way of doing CPR and why we do it the way we do it. When you were in with the morning show, I couldn't see on the other side of the, the wall. Did you bring in, do you still do it on a, the, a quote unquote dummy on a, on a yeah. mannequin? The type? Mannequin. You yeah, do. I bring, bring in all the mannequins. I'm, I'm, I come in with everything fully self-contained. So really all, uh, all the uh, company or, or uh, entity needs is just a, a place to actually do the training and an area for us to do the skills, and I bring everything else to you to do all the training. So it's very comprehensive training. You're being trained by a professional uh, who does it for a living. You know, one of the biggest things that I also try to do, I always explain to people, is not only am I trying to teach you things, but more than that, I'm trying to make people aware of the importance of them and their role to themselves, their family, their community, and to professional rescuers. And the more prepared you are, because disasters and emergencies happen when we least expect them. Mm -hmm. But if we're prepared for them, if we know what to do once they strike, then we're going to make an outcome a lot better than if we're not prepared. And and that also segues into really uh, emergency disaster preparedness as well. Are you ready for the big earthquake? Are you ready in the sense of, can you, can you, do you know where your water shutoffs are, your gas shutoffs are at home? Do you know where those are at work? If you have enough food and water for a minimum of three days for every person in your family based on, you know, maybe a gallon 
of water per person per day, including your pets? Do you have food there that get that sustainable food? Do you have a backpack in your car with food and water and a blanket and a jacket and some tennis shoes? Because especially women, you know, you guys are looking nice. You're dressed up for work. You're in your skirt and your high heels. And God forbid something were to happen and you're 100 miles from home, the roads become unpassable and you can't drive any longer. And now you're walking 100 miles home in whatever you're wearing right now. And is, is it in the middle of summer or it's 105? Right. Or is it it's in, like, is it, is it January? Keep that packed gym bag in that trunk at all times, maybe, yeah. or that emergency bag. So you have tennis shoes in there, you have sweatshirt, you have jacket, you have a couple food bars and water and, and a first aid kit. And you do that at home, at your place of work, and in your car. And you need to be prepared. So it's, it, there's a lot that people don't think about. Yeah, because we do always hear about the earthquake kits and the three-day water supply, food supply. I feel like I do hear that that's covered on the news so much, especially anytime there's any kind of earth, or, you know, the teeniest earthquake. It's always the reminder of the quote-unquote big one that uh, everyone says is coming. I, I think it's hard because a lot of us are not in denial. If you didn't live through Northridge or a bigger quake, I lived through the Loma Prieta quake up in uh, Northern California. Boy, you really do not know what could be in store, but you kind of do if you've lived through one. And wow, I was uh, interning at a radio station and working at a restaurant up in the Bay Area in 89 when the big Loma Prieta earthquake hit. And wow, so much unexpected chaos. That was a big sucker. You know, cell phones weren't weren't a thing yet. Cell phones weren't popular or weren't what, you know, they were the big heavy brick phones. They weren't what they are today. Power was out everywhere. No one could communicate. The roads were all jammed or the, the roads that were not in shambles were all jammed. It was pretty crazy. No, and Lisa, you're so right about people being in denial that oh, it, it, it won't happen to me or whatever it is. And and it, it goes, it's both ways in the sense of medically, I don't think anything's going to happen to me or I don't think anything's going to happen to anybody at my work or my family. And so they don't take that training class or or I won't be affected by the earthquake and I don't have to be prepared because I'm kind of in denial. And then once something does happen, it's kind of too late. They're not prepared. They're not ready. And then we have to go through that that phase of, of suffering and, and hard times until we're like, you know, you, you kind of get hit in the head like, hey, I should have been prepared. I should have done those things. When you talk about phones, being able to get out with cell phones, you should always have an out-of-state contact to call because that uses a different repeater station when you call out-of-state versus mm. with, within your local area. And if the cell phone towers aren't knocked down by the earthquake itself, they're going to be inundated by the millions of people that try and call a local call to make sure their loved ones are safe and okay, so you won't be able to get out. But if you have an out-of-state contact you, you and you tell your family, then everybody can usually get out and call that, you know, Arizona or, you know, wherever you choose. The other thing, too, you talk about power going out. Everybody, and I know this is a, it's a culture that we're not used to, but everybody, so many people let their cars go almost to that empty, you know, oh, red no. light dingy. And, and if an emergency were to happen, and we teach class in the fire department uh, of preparedness, um, community emergency response team is called Team, and we teach that, and we try to get people prepared that gas pumps are based on, you know, electricity. And when, when the earthquake hits, you won't be able to pump gas. So everybody that has, uh. you know, their, their cars down to 35, 40 miles left in their tank, 
you know, and, and you won't be able to drive 100 miles home or 200 miles home or get out of town because you don't have enough gas anymore. So you need to become aware of keeping a minimum amount, at least a quarter of a tank. I don't go below a half. And, and that works too with keeping some a little bit of cash at home in small denominations because everybody goes, uses their cards now, right? And and that's based off of electricity also. Oh, that's and another if, thing. You're right. No, we won't be able to use ATMs. You won't be able to use ATMs and people won't be able to cash big denomination dollar bills, $100 bills, 50. They're going to be able to only do small, make change with small dollar bills. So you should have small denominations of dollar bills and money ready at hand. Look at that. Um, yeah. So many things when you go into large venues, isn't to scare people, but know where all your exits are. Know where your closest one is, your second closest one, and even your third closest one, because we're creatures of habit. We all go in, and we all go out the same way that we went in. And and you have to understand if there's an emergency, if everybody's running out the same way that they came in, then everybody's going to start trampling each other. Such a wealth of information from a fire captain and paramedic, Tony Wren. All things he covers in these life-saving and emergency preparedness courses. Got a group of 10 people who want to be empowered to better handle emergencies or potentially life-saving situations. Lifeline Rescue at Hotmail.com is a Tony's email. Quick break. Back with one in a sec. It's My LA on My FM. My LA. My LA.